Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos. Shazanga. Welcome to the newest episode of Shots Fire. I've got to say, thank you to every single person who downloaded, who subscribed last week. You blew us away. I have to say, I wouldn't be able to do this without my fellow um, presenters. Introducing to you, Chisango. Chisango. Chisanga. I ain't no Django. Gee, whoa. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Almost called me Django Unchained there. Disrespect. You reminded me of all my school teachers that couldn't say my name properly. All the uh, oh man, uh. let's rewind that. Let's, 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 let's give you let's give you some gravitas. Chisanga, the mellow fellow, take a piss and it will make your head bounce off the concrete like jello. That's a better introduction. Thank you very much. It's an honor. There you go. It's an honor to be on yet again. It's an honor. Next up, G, the real G. G moves in silence. Gina Sanya. Who moves in silence? Y'all know I run my mouth all day long on that damn Twitter and then come here and yell at y'all. Ain't nobody silent. Right. The most hated woman on MMA Twitter. What up? What up? How y'all? Finally, Kairos, whose name literally translates as Satan. (laughs) Don't do that. My name's biblical. Don't do that to me. My parents are very upset when you say that. My name is biblical. Don't you dare. <laughs> Who's the youngest in charge? We're going to leave you with you today because um, you're definitely in charge. What you bring to the table? Excellent. Listen, you were talking about Daniel Coonery. Well, guess what? Kamaru Usman was spotted at a Trump rally. Listen, I didn't want to believe it, guys. I didn't want to believe it. This guy posted about it. He was saying that Kamaru was there and why isn't everybody talking about it? And I was like, this is some bullshit. So I inquired a little bit. I was like, can you provide us some sort of evidence about this? Because this is just a wild claim. I don't think that many people know about it either. And sure enough, he sent me an article. Donald Trump even acknowledged him there. And an article was written about him. I'm sorry, and I watched the video as well. And he acknowledged him in the video too. So I'm sitting here like, dang. Maybe he just saw a random black guy and said Kamaru Usman. <laughs> <laughs> <That wouldn't fly. laughs> nah, that wouldn't fly. So here's my question for you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does this affect your perception of Kamaru Usman? Does it shift in any way, shape, or form based off his political affiliation? Or are we just upset when people are just in our face, like, tirelessly with their political affiliation? I feel like a lot of people are expecting us to just go ham on Usman like we've been going ham on Masvidal and Colby, but... I don't know, right? Like, for me, it's not your affiliation. It's how obnoxious you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to break ranks here. I think affiliation has a lot to do with it because when you look at a president who only in the recent hours, literally hours, uh, a man has basically uh, assumed a presidential edict for the Proud Boys to, what, stand back and to um, stand by? Now, basically, what he's 
issuing there is an edict to racist the Proud Boys to basically be on pause. We'll we'll get to you when we need and you. And Mike, on pause now, for what? That sounds if, like a threat to violence too. On frankly, pause exactly. for what? Thank you. On, thank for you. what? So so how how can any well-thinking person, black or white, stand by those sentiments? How can someone like you know, Usman turn up at a rally when this isn't the first time we've heard that sort of tripe tri- come out of this man's mouth. This isn't the first time that we've heard that sort of racist vitriol. This isn't the first time that, you know, he's given us an indication, massive indication that he's not for us. So why would Usman be for him? So, yeah, that's tarnished for me. My kind of like, I suppose, <laughs> image of... Usman as being, you know, I suppose in terms of um, alignment, in terms of affiliation, one of us. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it does uh, tarnish my view of him and it tarnishes my view of every fighter once they start... um, I don't know, politically getting involved. And of course, my politics don't align with MAGA and what a lot of the fighters that are choosing to be that way. So it does tarnish my view of him, absolutely. But I'm also not naive to the fact that people of color can also uphold racist ideologies or that they Mm -hmm. can also support something that is racist. So I'm not at all shocked. I'm just really annoyed. I'm going to be annoyed online when fans are like going to throw it in my face that Usman went to a... MAGA rally like how is he racist oh no it is coming because it's like it's called the yeah. the uneducated people that don't know shit about racism or their own history are going to throw it in your mm. face that a black man how is he being racist he's a black guy it doesn't work that way plenty of black people uphold racist ideologies and white supremacy I mean we see it with Candace Owens we saw it Herman Cain don't just died don't speak that name exactly look look to shut me up yeah. Herman Cain <laughs> died riding the white supremacy wave you know he caught COVID Mm-hmm. telling people not to wear a mask but meanwhile his own party doesn't even speak his name anymore you know it's sad but he upheld racist ideology so i'm not shocked it does tarnish my view of them and quite frankly i'm gonna be honest with y'all it seems like a, all this MAGA stuff is like overload right now like we're headed in a really thick direction of politics in the ufc it's like kind of weird to me yeah, the, like the only way I'll accept it is if Kamaro is doing some sort of major troll job right right now. Like that he's he's gonna be like to Colby, oh yeah, well your president spoke about me, blah blah blah. If if you know what I mean, but we know that's not the case. I I, I like all right. Let let let's let's just be real. Obviously, you messaged us this in the chat not too long ago, like probably less than an hour ago, and. I was shocked. Like I, that's I even asked Kyra. So I was like, "Don't you mean Kobe Covington?" And he's like, "No, Kamaru Usman." And I was shocked. Then I watched the video. I was hoping that it was some sort of, I don't know, f- fake video. I was about to say deep fake, but obviously Usman wasn't speaking on it or whatever. But I was hoping that it was some sort of, uh, some sort of joke. But I mean, as 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 Gina said, there are some there there are black people who have been subjugated and who do uphold racist ideologies i don't think kamaru Usman is is one of those people a hundred percent i i mean this man is a hard-working immigrant from nigeria so i but i just don't if he if he supports maga and Mm -hmm. donald trump and he wasn't he kairos let me get this straight he was seen at a rally right he was front row okay he He was was with his managers he was was and trump gave him a shout out (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I, I, I beg mean, to differ. That's that's a black person that supports racist ideologies. <laughs> I don't agree with you. You know, like no, 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 no. I was saying, yeah. I, I was hoping that that's not the case. But I mean, oh, okay. The uh, even even like, do you know what I mean? Like, I know, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Trump is an abhorrent piece of piece of shit who mm-hmm. knows full well what he's doing, which makes it even worse. Yeah. If if you know what I mean. Even like I I know I know meeting I know meeting the president and whatever or being in his being whatever honored it 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 it, it, it is it is something that a lot of people would I mean would literally kill for or, or what have you but this president I just can't understand like if Boris Johnson in the UK was to say oh well Chisanga will uh, will uh, will give you a will give you a, a day of honor and you can come and meet me and yes. But go out, but don't go to work. But yes, wear a mask when you do it, and whatever. If he was to come and say that, I'd be like respectfully no, because I know you're a racist piece of shit, and you exactly. basically believe. I, I, like, I mean, it's it's well documented that. Uh, well, ba- basically, Trump, Trump, and Boris are long lost brothers, and I think that we're just in this parody world right now that where I can't believe that two two open racists are le- leaders of two of the biggest countries in the free world. Mm-hmm. You know. One phrase which springs to mind, you know what that is? What is it, sir? Massa, is we sick? Oh, okay. <laughs> All this right. type of coonery has to stop. And I don't <sighs> care who got shot with that phrase there. I feel that this is kind of a throwback to the field Negro and the house Negro mentality. Look, you can see what this man has done mm-hmm. in terms of subjugation, in terms of racism, in terms of pushing down and oppressing oppressing your your fellow man Mm -hmm. but still you want to be all up in the the big house with him you want to be shoulder to shoulder with him you want to basically be representing him now that just strikes me as a little bit self-destructive when you look at the further ramifications that this brings and it just makes me feel a little bit like i've seen this play out somewhere before and it was it was in Django Unchained. It was. Man. It was Stephen in the big house <laughs> and you know, making sure that, you know, the women or the woman in particular got hotboxed. Yeah. Now, now, it made me uncomfortable. And I, I have to say, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm being real as real can be. When Kairos put that in the chat, the first thing that sprung to my mind is he's got his facts wrong because <laughs> this cannot be straight. This cannot be real. This must be somebody who looked a slightly like um, uh, Usman, who had the same skin tone and was slightly muscular. And here is Donald Trump mistaking this young black man for Usman. Which is that highly is, likely. Seriously, that is do. what yes. cropped. E- even, even now, even now we're talking about this, that is still but, crossing my mind. Right. What about, for me, it's more about that speech Usman gave after beating Colby. It seemed like a speech that would lean more towards the left. You know, he did it for everybody. He did it for all of us. It just seemed like it was a speech that was against kind of Trump and also just like making America great. It felt like Usman was including us in his victory of beating this racist, you know, person. And then for him to turn around and he's front row at a Trump rally was just disheartening to me very much. So. Am I the only, mm. sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. I, it's disheartening. I'm, I didn't mean to drop you there, but I was Go just ahead. getting fired up thinking about it. Yeah. Am I the only one that thinks that like, this is like Trump is using this and well, I, I, I don't want to say Dana White is doing it or whatever. Cause I, but I think he might be, um, Sub- subconsciously complicit in this is this not like sport washing trump's constant message uh referencing of the ufc and what and what have you yeah do you not do you not think that 
Does nobody yes. else think that? I do. That's why I said we no, were going no, you're, in you're an one, uncomfortable you're, direction, and that's the direction I think we're you're going You're 100% in. Yeah, correct. I agree. Mm. I agree. Yeah, it was cool totally when Dana was giving speeches at the at the Republican um, conventions. That's when I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's cool. Not that it's cool, but I was like, okay. He's, he's yeah. friends with Trump, but now the dinners, the fighters, the Masvidal is going on a socialism tour with Trump. Yeah, like I, I Kobe met. was at the debate last night. He screamed for him. It's getting yeah. weird. It's getting <clears throat> a little bit to be. Now I feel like the racist white people stop mixing politics with sports, and not even because it doesn't share my ideologies. <laughs> it's like y'all are doing it. It's like it's over the top. It's over the top. But yeah, no, I, I completely mm-hmm. understand. It's just you, with, I might kill me for this, but I feel differently. No, go ahead. I feel wow. completely, and here's what I feel, because I feel like this, the reason why people are, are going to be salty about this is because too many times we put these people on pedestals way too fast, and we don't even understand the person yeah. we're putting on the pedestal. I'm very selective yeah. about, like, yeah, I wasn't one of the people true. like, yeah, I got a Kamara Usman poster yeah. on my wall, I listen me. to everything. He's right, that speech got me, it moves me. Yeah. After you break a racist just, nose and you say all that, you think I wasn't like power to the people. You know what I'm saying? And then now mm, I gotta find yeah. out. That's too easy road, though. Like at mega. That's all he had to do though. One night, and that's all he had to do to like. Yeah. Recover. That's the problem. What a we night. I was. We put. Too- how could you not blame us? Go, go on, go on, Ka- go on, Kyra. Oh, land, go land. I think I, I, you're describing me to a T, and I feel ashamed to be honest yeah. with you. Go on. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of black people are always constantly looking for this black savior before we fully understand mm. who we're investing in. I feel yeah. like we see it all the time. A lot of people were like fully invested in Al Sharpton. He's done some great things. I'm not going to sit here and shit on Al Sharpton. Mm-hmm. But then as time went on, people started to realize, I don't know if this man is for the embedderment of our people. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and there's some people who are still fully invested. Like we crown <clears throat> kings and queens and we stand these celebrities and these idols and we make them look like they're deities to us before we fully <laughs> even understand them. This is why people are always like, Kairos, why are you always coming off as a hater? I'm coming off as a hater because I look at things through a specific lens until you prove yourself to be innocent. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, X fighters said this one nice thing combating what racist ideology Colby Covington, like Sajara Eubanks when she was talking in the interview. I sat back and I listened and I was like, oh, well, that sounds great. Now let me go back a few years and start listening to interviews. Now let me listen to what she says in the future. Because let's be real. That's, anybody can post a quick tweet about Black Lives Matter. Oh my gosh. Well, do, 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 do. And then the next day they're saying the N-word in a rap video. Like, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. bro, yeah. I don't, see that I'm not going to. all the time too. I mean, that's what I was pissed off with Woodley about. You gave Mike Perry you know the go ahead to use the yeah. n-word now you screaming black lives matter no too late that's what i'm saying too late. It's, it's it's a gimmick to mm. see you, so. yeah you I, well, no, I, you, you can't do that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you hit the nail squarely on the head there when you're you know describing that sort of person that sort of persona because that is me down to a t plus you know just segueing just slightly out of it and then back in but you talked about and touched on you know black lives matter then it's like we're kind of screaming out we're waiting for something to change things for us whether it be a person or a movement but we haven't done our research we Mm -hmm. haven't actually looked behind the mask we haven't actually investigated what exactly is black lives matter about who are the people behind it what do they stand for where are they getting their investment from we've not done our research i mean i touched on this with paul daly um in the interview which will probably be coming up at the end of the show but we need to stop this kind of like knee-jerk reaction and latching on to things because we feel it's for our better yeah. or it's for our betterment, whether it be people, persons, right. or organizations. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that yeah. always. We as black people, I think we're very, we're very reactionary. We're very reactionary people, and yeah. not and we're not proactive. That's that's 
I, I know some people might disagree with me or whatever, but that's, mm-hmm. that's I feel you. That's, that's, that's how I, I feel, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're trying uh, to say. I'm not articulating myself the best, but right. it's yeah. But anyway, Usman, ugh, man, like that that sucks. And hopefully, if I get the, get get the chance to interview him, I'm, I can quiz him about this and ask him and be like, okay, well not to delve too much into the politics or, or your your specific politics or what have you but how come you were at a trump rally when you're when when you were making the racist catch the fade last december do you know what i mean right. and that was your that was like your mantra pretty much but you know yeah. a very long time ago i heard a rumor that uzman and his manager got into a fight at a sporting event because somebody did not stand or somebody kneeled at the at the um, of a no, yes. I, but Whoa. like I heard it was a rumor. Like that's why I said okay, rumor. I was a buzz. But I did he- I did hear that they got into a tussle over the um, the pledge of whatever. I don't I don't even know the what national it is. anthem. Yeah, the national at some sporting event, and I did hear that. I tucked that away because I'm like that's probably a rumor. But look how months later, look it's he's sitting up front at a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. He's you know, and if you put. And it's not really a shock to me. I did notice that a lot of immigrants, they'll come here, they'll become successful, and then turn around and want the borders closed. So it doesn't really shock me that he's a hardworking immigrant that could have those askewed views and support men. Yeah. I see it a lot with well, the Caribbean folks here, too. Gee, well, off, off the top of my head, didn't mm. Kamaru and Ali Abdelaziz, they got into a brawl at PFL? Is it PFL 1? Does anyone ever remember that? Yes. I believe. Yeah. I, yes. W- was had, that the... Was, I'm I'm not sure if it was that event because they've believe it or not they've brawled a few places they used to brawl with Kelby Covington before they fought yeah. for the for the title then I think he brawled at PFL so but I do remember yeah. one of the incidents might have involved the national anthem that's what I had heard don't oh, know God. if that's true but I mean I think it's I'll ironic because just... now look he's sitting up front at a at a rally yada you know it just has mm. me thinking but go ahead Kairos. No, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll shoot him a little bit of bell because he always talks about his father being a part of the system. And if there's one thing that Donald Trump has done this um, throughout this sort of term is he started to do a little bit more tweaking with criminal justice reform. He's like, mm-hmm. he released like, what, 2,000, 3,000 mm-hmm. people early through their sins. So maybe he's trying to play chess here and say, well, maybe if I align myself with him, there's something he can do for my father. And, that would be yeah. The, yeah, like the best re- rationale I could like, like, say. It my could mind. also uh-huh. be his beliefs. I'm trying to tell y'all, like, I am yeah. Caribbean American. I know a lot of Caribbean folks that are like, they struggled to get here. They made something of themselves and now ride with Donald Trump. I know a family member when I- wow. When when I told them, I was like, Trump is um, deporting the 10,000 Haitians that were here for asylum due to the um, the hurricane. Or, I mean, excuse me, the earthquake. My family member was like, good, they're bums. Now, this person went through the same wow. round of shame. Yes. And I've heard this from other Caribbean folks. Do not sleep on immigrants. Don't you see um, Masvidal? He's... he's He's Trump. His father came here how? Escaped the socialist country. Yeah. They turn around, they get here, and they take on the same xenophobia that America has, and they turn around and want borders closed. So I'm not really shocked that Usman might have this mentality. Not I'm saying that, wow. <laughs> Mike, my dad voted for Brexit. You see, you see, you see what I mean. Yeah. You see what I mean. But, but let me, let me. I, I should, I should have prefaced that. I should, or let me postface that. So my dad's a doctor, but his his logic behind it was that um, 
in, in the UK, they had to give preference to European doctors rather than doctors from all over the world. So he was like, well, I want to change that system because there, uh, could, there could be a doctor in China who's far better, but we have to give preference to the European-based doctor. Yeah, so, yeah. I should, I should have prefaced that before because I could imagine Mike spitting out the tea when he's, right. when, when he's walking <laughs> here. <and that. laughs> yeah. Gee, you're up. Okay, so... I hate to beat a dead horse, fellas, but we have to discuss Israel Adesanya versus Paula Costa at at UFC 253 and Izzy's post-fight antics. So when I saw Israel Adesanya outclass and assert his dominance over Paula Costa in two rounds, I will admit I was shocked. I totally didn't expect Izzy to appear so superior to Paula Costa. Now, as I'm dealing with that shock, my man Izzy decided to get on Paolo's back and simulate a mm-hmm. sexual gesture that included hip, yeah. hip thrusting. Yeah, I hear you, Kairos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I interpreted this as if Izzy was saying, I just fucked you. And immediately, no, for real. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, somebody no, got I, fucked. I, I, Yo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I started laughing, and I could not wait to see the opinions of others online about this. Oh, my God. So I jumped on MMA Twitter, and immediately I noticed the animosity for Izzy's actions but no mention of Paulo Costa's online homoerotic harassment pri- yeah. prior to him getting booty clap. Because mm. in my mind, Izzy's actions were the direct result of all that gay online harassment Paulo kept pushing and pushing and pushing. To me, it was mm-hmm. funny that the that it was funny the ending to this weird fight promotion was that Paulo Costa himself that he started and he got schooled. The bully got bullied. I thought it was cool. Remember, let's go back. Let's let's recap for a second. Paulo made this uncomfortable and sexual first, okay? He made a video of Izzy as a black prostitute that wanted to have sex with him. He photoshopped photos of Izzy with his tongue out next to Paulo's waist like he wanted to suck his dick, okay? These are all things that you can go back and see on his page. He had a picture of Izzy as a naked black woman on his back looking just like Grace Jones. Paolo chose to find humor in making fun of homosexuals and to use that humor to make fun of Izzy for months. Also, Izzy is in a heterosexual relationship with a woman. So Paolo's efforts to make Izzy look like a homosexual is intentional. You know what I mean? Like, Paolo is emasculating him as a man. He's basically saying, you're not a real man. Mm -hmm. You're a gay guy. You're a fucking homo. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Also, for those who don't know this, Alex Scafidi, an affiliate of Bloody Elbow, dug up old tweets of Paulo Costa making fun of gay men long before this rivalry with Izzy. She posted the, the screenshots on her page, which um, were in Portuguese, but they were pretty bad. He's mm-hmm. openly homophobic, and he was like this way before the fight with Izzy. He makes that very clear, too, with his political affiliations. He openly supports Brazilian President Bolsonaro the president that once told Brazilian media that he would disown his own children if they were turned out to be gay. So people who voted for Bolsonaro did not vote to, to improve the lives of gay people in Brazil. Paulo Costa, ta-da, is a huge fan of his. What does that say? Mm-hmm. And much to my dismay, it's not just the online fans that are ignoring the homophobia of Paulo Costa and blaming Izzy. It's also MMA media outlets. And now Dan Hardy is reporting that in the media Oh, that he finds Izzy's actions to be crass and that they aren't good for the sport. Hmm. But Dan ain't got nothing to say when Paolo disrespected marginalized groups of people with his antics and instigated this entire situation that Dan Hardy is now calling bad for the sport. 
There is no mention of what Paolo did in some of these articles reported by MMA media. The angry fans on Twitter screaming, Izzy committed sexual assault and this isn't good for the sport, have not been mentioned either. And I feel like I'm in the fucking twilight zone because, y'all, is it good for the sport that we have athletes that are constantly being accused of rape? Is it good for the sport when a champion jumps out of a cage to commit assault in the crowd? Yo, that shit was a crime and it was straight up dangerous, okay? Or is everyone holding Izzy to a standard that they don't hold other athletes to? Is it that time again to, to discuss holding black athletes to completely different standards than everybody else? And quite frankly, y'all, I'm going to keep it real. I'm getting sick of how obvious this standard has become because this standard is historical. It's a part of my life, your life. Mm -hmm. If you're not a white male, cis male, you live to a different standard than everybody else. We all know this. But the problem I have with this is that it's no longer politically correct to hide this standard. It's just blatant now and it's pissing me off. And I feel like this is just a generation or of a society right now that has taught us that you don't have to take accountability for your actions. You can just blame someone else. So if you can blame a black person or if you can shit on a whole LGBTQ marginalized community, hey, even better, it's acceptable. And I'm truly, truly disgusted with fans, celebrities, and Dan Hardy who have totally gone down this route of ignoring Paula Costa's disgusting behavior and the actions of those fighters who have done worse than Izzy. I'm disgusted with media outlets that are more concerned with fueling this garbage for engagement rather than reporting the truth, which is Paulo Costa got what the fuck he deserved for being a homophobic, disrespectful, racist bully, period, end of story. Now for all of you, I have a question. What are your thoughts on Izzy's celebration and how it was perceived? And should the king of bitches get a rematch? You know right now this bitch is using the booty clap as a revenge angle to get an immediate rematch. So what do you think? And I'm going to start with the man, the myth, the legend himself, my man, Michael Morgan. Oh, wow. I've never been called the man, the myth, the legend before. Well, today's your some, day. This is some yeah, intro. I, just, I want to get you hyped for this, brother. Long overdue, long overdue. First off... No, he doesn't get a rematch. Second, I really do think that this is something we touched on last week when we were talking about who represents MMA media and what are their affiliations and what are their allegiances. I don't really see many. I actually, I don't see it at all. Uh, mixed martial arts journalists out there waving the LGBTQI um, banner in terms of defending it. Plus, you know, furthermore, Dan Hardy. Are we talking about the same Dan Hardy who once said to Carlos Condit, I'm going to knock you out, stamp your passport and make sure that you're put back on that plane? And he has the audacity to turn around now and say, this is bringing the sport into ill repute and is unpalatable. Didn't this man just Bitch, almost, didn't this man almost attack Herb Dean because he couldn't get himself together and now you don't really see him broadcasting as much? But then at the same time, you're going to ignore all the bullshit that led that young man to do that behavior? And then on top of it, there you go. I got to sit here and mm -hmm. see media outlet after media outlet ignore what Paulo Costa did. And then on top mm. of it, it's, it's just basically, it's a double standard. Black people can't do what, black athletes can't do what y'all do. And y'all don't even give a fuck to hide it anymore. And it's so fucking annoying. And you can throw gay athletes in there. You can go the, the gay community in there. Everybody laughed when Paulo was being disgusting. Even myself, <laughs> I was offended at first. And then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go with it. And then Israel kind of ends the story with a fun gay gesture that he started. And now look at the uproar. It infuriates me. And finally, 
I loved the gesture. I thought, I thought Costa getting his back blown out by Izzy was it's one of the perfect. funniest things I've seen this year. It was absolutely fitting considering the vitriol uh, leading up to this. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I like. Look, I. I, I didn't even see. I didn't even see it to begin with. I, I didn't even see it. I didn't see. I only, I only saw it the next day when, when I woke up, and then I rewatched the fight, and then I saw. Uh, I was going through Twitter, and then I saw somebody say that he humped him. Then I looked, and then I was like, "Oh my god, he actually humped him." I mean, as you said, G. Like, uh, look as as much of a fan uh, as uh, as much as a fan of Costa as I am, it's fight, fighting style and what and what have you, and what he brings to the cage when he fights. His his actions to or his actions previous to this beef with Izzy and his actions during the beef with Izzy they they were downright unacceptable and as as you said like it's blatantly homophobic comment or posts and and what have you and as as Mike said yeah it's almost poetic justice that Izzy did that to him at the end if you know what I mean that's what I and I'm thought. sure yeah. and I'm sure I'm sh- I'm sure Israel well. I know he uh, went after you beat Derek Brunson. He, uh, I think he said something along the lines of, uh, "Middleweight says a new dog in the yard." Blah blah blah. And, like him kind of humping Costa at the end. It's kind of like what a dog would do. But I'm sure he probably thought about that again. He was like, "All right, well, you've been saying all this, uh, pushing all this uh, anti-gay rhetoric or whatever. Then you can hear some of this towards the end. Do you know what I mean?" And plus, it just made like it just made me think that Izzy was he literally the message he was sending was like literally if it came down to it. That could happen. I, I, I so. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that, that's like I I didn't want to be crass and and and, and use and uh, use the word, but like you know what I mean. So, but yeah, look, I I I'm nothing wrong with it. It's all like it's the fight game. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's and when you talk about being held to an, another standard, that's just like I know some people who are going to be turned off me saying this or whatever. But that's just the. Uh, that's just a, another day in the, in the life of yeah. a black man, right? In comparison, or a black woman that's, in comparison to to a white counterpart. That's what I mean it's, when I say I'm not offended by that because it's so ingrained in my life and our history oh, of and course, everything that yeah. we do. So I'm not offended by that. What what I'm offended by mm-hmm. in 2020 and in the current climate that we're in, it's just okay now not to even. It's okay to to just not even hide this fact anymore. It, it's just it's just overt racism now is just okay, yeah. you know, and it, and it's. And it's very obvious, and you see it in media and how things are portrayed, and it's really bothering me. But go ahead. And it was even, it was even like if you, what you you brought up the example of Khabib there as well. Even like the rhetoric after the fight was, oh my God, why has Khabib done this? Blah 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 blah, or whatever. And a lot of people were ignoring the fact that Connor said some dark shit about his family. Mm-hmm. He basically mocked his he mocked his religion. I remember mm-hmm. when the journalist said "Salah alaikum" to Habib, and then Connor said "Salah la 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 People forget about that. Yep. People forget about that. Yep. He was saying stuff about his father being a coward and stuff like that. He 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 crossed the line, and there's only so far that you can you can poke the bear before the bear reacts. But again. The narrative afterwards was, "Oh, why has Khabib done this?" Blah 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 blah, and what have like it just that really annoyed me because a lot of people just forgot. Well, they forgot the biggest press conference in UFC history, UFC two two nine pre fight press conference. You, they forgot all the shit that Conor said there. But and I, yeah, I think, it just. I think it's interesting that nobody called Khabib a thug and demanded that he get arrested. But when Masvidal did a two-piece in the soda on Leon Edwards, people were calling him a thug, and why do people like him? That's mm. what I'm tired of. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I'm tired of. And it's, it's becoming really, really obvious. 
and it's like it's frustrating to me because it's like I feel like I'm in the twilight zone does anybody else not see this obvious double fucking standard you know it's driving mm. me crazy Izzy Izzy was the one that got instigated into into doing what he did and he went along with it like a storyline like we all did and the person that is like historically homophobic someone that just has a problem with gay people long ago and just kind of made this really ugly is now in his feelings because he got dealt with but now it but yeah. Izzy's the problem and then you see people of notoriety like Dan Hardy and media outlets kind of going with this with this um, narrative it's bullshit and it's wrong Tyrus, go ahead. We haven't heard from you yet. Well, first of all, <laughs> Dan Hardy, um, he, <laughs> I'm glad that you pointed out the hypocrisy in Dan Hardy. He's like, he always toes that line of trying to be holier than thou. It's like, bro, the internet exists. We know who you are. You're the, you're the same dude who's 38 dating a 24 year old. Right. Cut the bullshit out. He dragged out. a cut 15 the, cut year old a couple weeks ago. You exactly. Know? So, like, okay. well, that's different though. Like, you can't be talking shit. I don't care about all that. You, you can't be talking shit. <laughs> I don't like the fact that you guys wanted to equate though Habib and what Israel did. Like that, that is two completely different things. No, no, but Habib, I'm just saying the, the, I, I equated the, the stand, like, yeah. I equated because Khabib is a champion and so is Israel and they were both defending their belts and one person jumped the cage and committed a crime and assault and one person did a, a, um, a booty clap because he had been instigated <laughs> for months and I feel like Israel Adesanya is more of a criminal than Khabib. And it's, it drives me fucking mm -hmm. crazy. And that's what I mean by like the political correctness of kind of just that is gone in 2020. And everything now is fake news. Just deny it or don't even take accountability for your actions. Even myself, Kairos. Look how many people jump in my mentions and say horrible things to me. And then when I beat their asses mm -hmm. right out they mention, what do they do? She hurt me. She blocked me, but they leave out the part where they <laughs> called me a dyke. They leave out the part where they, they kept instigating me and antagonizing me. And then I finally fucking blocked them. And guess what? Now 30 people I blocked are like, she's a horrible person. But I, I, I don't want to also mention I called her a dyke. It's the same shit oh, yeah. we're seeing in our society, in our fight, in our sport. Mm. And, it, and when I tell you, it's driving me crazy. Go ahead. I'm hyped up. I keep interrupting y'all. Don't let nah, me. Nah. Talk your shit, queen. Talk your shit, queen. Right, thank you, exactly. Paris, no. but go ahead and continue. <laughs> I'm hyped. <laughs> <laughs> but on the real, though, like, yeah, as far as the media members are concerned, like, they are going to pick and choose how they're going to leverage information, do what they will. They do without will all the time. And it's not right what they do to this, and we know what's hip to it. But I think a lot of fans, too, are like, I want to say McGregor-era fans. We have a lot of fans who don't know the stuff in the past that people just gloss over that people mm -hmm. did like people like when is connor ever disrespected an opponent after victory are you fucking kidding me this man jumped on the cage was flipping off Aldo's corner who was crying for him this man was like bro spare me with that bullshit then you got michael bisping spitting on people's straight corners calling him f-words <laughs> yeah. yeah straight up spitting on people after the fights like bro y'all like and I understand I'm a different type of person. I've been in, a, in an environment where I'm a competitive person. I see people talking shit when they win, getting into fights after they win, doing stuff like that. But So I might be the wrong person to ask, but what I, when I saw Israel Adesanya do, I said, good. Fuck that motherfucker. You can't Thank be talking you. all that shit Thank and you. then not expect that to happen to you, especially because you just got knocked out. Don't get knocked the fuck out then. Maybe don't let them hump you after the fact. Maybe if the rest should have stepped in and not let them. You know what I'm or saying? There's so many different things that could have gone that way. Maybe you should have made it gay from the first place if you didn't want to be booty clapped at the end. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe <laughs> chill with all that gay shit if you don't want yeah. to. If you don't want your worst fears happening. 
I mean, it was so bad I thought Paolo was gay for a second. You know, like I was just like, <laughs> bro, chill or, or go get your dick sucked. There's people out there you can pay quietly. Oh, like, what's, God. you know, like, chill. Chill, Paolo. So he got what he deserved. Yeah. And I, I don't like the fans acting like a bunch of fucking soft. Like, okay, one, th one thing that gets me upset is you got the same people who would go into people's comments and saying you're a snowflake for being offended by this and xyz are the same people who are complaining about this y'all are soft as baby shit y'all are soft as baby shit and here's another thing how am i a snowflake if i'm checking your motherfucking ass i don't like how you speaking to me and i'm checking you what is so snowflake about that i'm confrontational how am i a snowflake i don't know exactly, exactly. whenever someone's know. like you're offended i'm not offended i'm checking your ass you offended don't ever talk to me like that again you know what and i what mean so like how am i a snowflake <laughs> What annoys Shit, me is New York's well. coming out. Yeah, I was about to say, Brooklyn in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I feel on Twitter when they jump in my mentions and they're like, oh, you so offended. Bitch, you in my mentions offended. Now I'm going to kick your ass right out. What you want from me? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get today's world right now. People don't take accountability for nothing. You don't believe in climate change. You don't believe in something fake news. Deny racism. Deny everything that's in front of you. And it doesn't work for me. It just doesn't, and it and I think it speaks, I think it speaks volumes right now in a lot of the things that we discuss. Every week we're talking about a double standard. Every week we're talking about like, hey, nobody's gonna take accountability for their fucking actions. We're just gonna keep it moving. Oh well, well, mm -hmm. guess what, y'all? I'm gonna keep talking because they they keep pissing me off. So <laughs> <laughs> keep doing it, keep doing it. Gee, whilst we're on the topic of Paolo, mm -hmm. I'm sure all you guys have seen the, the videos that he put out. Obviously, the one where he said to Adesanya, this is personal now because he, he didn't he didn't see he didn't see the <laughs> he didn't see the hip thrust at the end or what have you. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so and I, in in those uh, videos that Paolo released, I think he released a couple one in Portuguese and then two in English or what have you. He alluded to something being wrong with himself like something something that affected his performance or what have you and i saw a lot of people and i think uh, top of them uh, top of the list of most prominent people that did mention this was ben Askren. he was like why don't you say what was wrong with you but had mr paolo done that people would have accused him of making excuses so what would what what should paolo have done in that situation should he just kept it kept his mouth shut or should he have should he have been honest and what have you and then face the the barrage oh you're just making making excuses for getting your ass beat if you're gonna tease do the full reveal i mean there's mm -hmm. no point yeah. in putting 50 percent of the truth out there yeah. plus looking at those videos i don't want to be mean but look this is shots fired for a reason the man sounded punch drunk the man sounded yeah. delirious the man sounded like he still had fog in his head now albeit that he'd had seven bells rung albeit that he'd had his wipe or his hard drive wiped albeit oh. that you know i mean that 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 uh, microsoft reset button was pushed ding, really ding, and truly ding. i think i think <laughs> and i feel perhaps yeah ding ding ding, ding. perhaps yeah. <laughs> perhaps his bell had been rung to the extent where he'd received concussion before stepping mm -hmm. in there it's just a theory it's just that if you're going to put it out there in terms of there was something wrong, tell the whole story, not just the half. Yeah. G, what's your thoughts? I, I mean, Michael said it beautifully. It's like either either don't tease us with what could have happened. Now you look like you're just making excuses. And 
either just go full on excuses because he did really look bad out there even before the booty clapping. Like he looked pretty damn bad. So I, I would I wouldn't mind if he did have a bunch of excuses and whatnot because you mm-hmm. know he should be in his feelings or he just should just kind of keep quiet and just try to get his revenge because he got booty clapped because that's like the angle he's going for. He's he seems to be really upset about what Izzy did and now he wants the um, the rematch. But I think he should have kept his little tease to himself. I mean, what could he be discussing? An injury? What like what was the tease like? Yeah, that's that's true. Kairos. Uh, Man, fuck all that. I'm so sick and tired <laughs> of people. I, I, I didn't come in at optimal shape. Motherfucker, pull out of the fight then. I'm just, like, if you decide to yourself you are not going to pull out of this fight even though you're hurt and you're not 100%, don't say a goddamn word after you lose the fight mm-hmm. or win the fight. I don't want to hear that shit. Like, if Henry went in there when he fought Marlon and lost and was like, well, I couldn't walk the night before, motherfucker, you should have pulled out. True. Stop, like, yo, oh, yeah, there's money line. Motherfucker, the fight will still be there. Oh, yeah, like, Amanda I'm Nunes just, like, pulled out for a sinus infection, and I was not mad at her. I've had sinus infections. I didn't yes, say like, let, yeah. pull the fuck out. Like, I don't yeah. understand why people think that it's just, no, I'm going to tough this out, but if I lose, I have a safety net. It's like that thing when John Jones was talking about it. He said he would always get hammered and drunk like a week before the fight, so if he lost, he could have that subconscious clicker in his head to say, well, he didn't beat me at my best, so that's okay. These are defense mechanisms people are putting aside so that they can excuse failure if they come across it. So then if someone beats you, well, I, I kept fighting through the pain and I entered the octagon hurt and I had X amount of problems. Like, guess what? Yes, you probably were hurt, but you probably should have pulled out of the fight. Like, fucking, like, cut that bullshit out. You're a grown-ass adult. And, and nothing, yeah, I agree. Paolo needs to fight other contenders, too. I, I, do I think Paolo mm-hmm. was the rightful contender at the time of his um, title shot? Absolutely. But... We haven't seen him against Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, Derek Brunson. There's so many other people that he needs to prove himself against and then, and then get back to Izzy. This whole coming up with excuses and, and being drunk punch. And then also to look in his eyes, he looks so sad. I know he cried. I know he cried. Is that performance? No, I, it's okay to cry. I'm just saying yeah. I know he did. And you can see it in his eyes. He's so upset. So he just needs to pick himself back up and start beating up other contenders before he starts coming after Izzy. I saw nothing that proves to me he could he could beat him if it's in the re- immediate rematch. That was a sparring. Session. Well, I well I think the fight for Paolo is probably Derek Brunson now, right? Me too. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yep. I oh my gosh, she's gonna get a false sense of confidence after that fight. Get whatever. Oh, uh, you you are di- you are disrespecting you are disrespecting Super Saiyan Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson just dealt with Edmund Shabazian. Yeah. The, he derailed the hype train well and truly. A lot of a lot of a lot of people. Like I was, I was talking to my 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 friend about this the other day. As soon as I mentioned Brunson's name, he just laughed. And I was like, "Well, you forget that he was looked good against uh, Edmund." So, I mean, this could be a resurgence. I mean, talk about resurgences. We saw one of the biggest resurgences in UFC history just before Paolo got booty clapped in Jan Blahovic. I mean, Jan, before he lost, uh, before he went on this win streak, I think he'd lost like four of his last five or three of his last five or something like that. So, I mean. And also check out who Derek has lost to. Israel Adesanya, um, Jacare Sousa, Anderson Silva, Robert That was bullshit. Nobody to that, And arguably he won that fight. But look at the names that I'm I'm, I'm rolling Oh, of course. There's no shame. Yeah, no shame. No shame. So and that says a lot exactly. about how good he is. So yeah, I think he should fight Paulo Costa. And he's on some weird resurgence uh, right now, not fighting all crazy with his chin up. 
Yeah, I, I know. That, that's what impressed me the most. That's what impressed okay. me the most about it. But Kairos is... Uh, y'all are gassing this man up to oh kill him. So I don't... Y'all y'all must be firm believers in euthanasia for talking like this. Because I'm going to be real with y'all for a second. I'm going to be real with y'all. are set. Yes, he's been doing well. Yes, he beat Edmund. Guess what, though? Paulo, the way Paulo fights and the way that Derek fights, one of them's going out, and it's not gonna be Paulo. I don't think Derek. I'm Derek just gonna tell you. Fight like that no more. I know what you mean. Derek doesn't come out. With he doesn't have a no say more. in the matter. He mixes up his wrestling. <laughs> he's not gonna have a say in the matter. He's not gonna take him. He's not gonna be able to take him down. So he's gonna box, and Paulo is gonna put him up against the cage, and Uriah haul him. It's got I'm, okay. Let the do this. But, <laughs> Sign yeah, the fight. Do set it, it up. It's a good fight. Look how we're breaking it down. Set it up, and he definitely mm. needs a showcase fight if he wants to make his back up to Israel. He not he not making exactly that will get his confidence yeah. back. I, all I'm saying is Paulo doesn't suck just because he got KO'd no. by Israel. Oh, of course, that's all I'm saying. No, he he, he ain't it. soft. Not at all. But he needs to be tested for real now. Like Uriah Hall and I like to see him fight till exactly. Oh no, that's a good one too. Yep. That's a very good one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if we're talking about technical strikers, like technique against power and whatever, like I, I, I wouldn't say Darren's striking is as flashy, but when he's on point, it's very precise. And, I, I mean, just look at the, the elbows that he landed on uh, on Robert Whitaker, man. Yeah. It takes precision to land those as well. So, I, I, I mean... Darren I, also I, fights I, smart. Imagine him fighting smart. Yeah, well, smart he's fighting a lot smart, yeah. Yeah. Against Paulo exactly, Castro, so picking his would, shots. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't. It, I mean, till till smokes him, hundred percent. I want to see it. It's now time for Paulo to fight these people. Now that he failed at Izzy's test, Uriah Hall and Yo Romero maybe just wasn't enough. He's got to start over. Well, like I said, that will get his confidence up. And speaking of getting your confidence up and coming back and uh, matches to make that will, you know, get you back in terms of your pep and your step. Conor McGregor, um, the notorious Conor McGregor, recently tweeted out, it was about five days ago. Um, it was a tweet to Diego Sanchez. Now, he said, I've seen your recent comments about your final bout and I'm in. After you fought Pereira... I requested for myself and you to compete in Dublin. This was back in February when I was working on opposition for my season pre-COVID. Good luck this weekend. Now, with that tweet, he put out a series of screenshots of Dana White and himself having an exchange in a conversation. And um, some might say it was in bad taste. Some might say it was deeply personal what he put out there. Dana White later went on to say that's the man code that was broken. But... I've got a couple of questions around this, and my question to you is this. It's clear that Connor is being hobbled in coming back because mm. if this is the sort of thing that he was using, and that is a match-up with Diego Sanchez to actually come back into the cage, um, that strikes me as somebody who wants to keep active, wants to keep desperately uh, in tune with um, getting back in the cage and cage antics. But also, um, there's two questions here. One, was it, I suppose, a little bit uh, below his fighting uh, pedigree to request someone like Diego Sanchez? (laughs) And was the habitual line stepper that is Dana White right to say, look, you broke a man code here in putting this and putting me on blast. Uh, you don't do that. This is something that, you know, guys know and even women know that you don't do. 
I'll start with Chisanga. Uh, do you know what? Like, I'm I'm all for man code or whatever, but how many times has Dana White been quick to throw fighters under the bus? Exactly. Down, down the years. How many times? We've seen, we'll probably see it in a couple of weeks or whatever. And what <laughs> Tomorrow. Have you. Yeah. Yeah, to me, yeah, pro- we probably will. I mean, all is fair in, in love and MMA. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I had... I had no issue with Connor leaking the messages or or share, sharing the messages, uh, and I mean, it, it, sh- it, sh- it sh- well, obviously Dana kind of I think it was before a, a couple a couple of weeks before two four nine that you said yeah look Connor uh, refused to be the backup for the fight and, and what have you and that he's not looking to fight yeah but these messages show completely otherwise and I think that's why White was so was so angry and that, that he branded it oh the dirtiest thing that you can do and that man code was broken and Connor's retort to that once he once, I, I think he tweeted a video I, uh, I, I saw it third hand because obviously I'm uh, not not on his uh, Christmas list anymore but uh, yeah his retort was uh, code was broken when you said that I uh, when you said that turned I turned down, turned fights, down fights yeah mm. so I yeah I, if anyone like stepped in line or overstepped the line it was it was Dana to begin with 100% so look I have no no issue with Connor spilling the tea I do however have an issue with the pursuit of the Diego Sanchez fight I mean right yeah uh, yeah I think that was my reaction when 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 I first saw him even entertain the idea look don't get me wrong I love Diego Sanchez he's he's a legend of our sport like Mm. I know the the term legend gets used uh, very loosely but he is but for Connor, who I think I don't know—is he the number two ranked or number three ranked guy in in, in the lightweight division? For mm. for him to yeah. to be wanting to get back into title contention and to be even entertaining those type of fights. Granted, he was doing it as a as a last gasp attempt to to maintain the season. It's it it, it doesn't sit doesn't sit well with me. And can you imagine how that fight would go? I mean, it it it, it wouldn't be a contest. Or oh, it would be a contest for as long as Connor wanted it to be. But doesn't doesn't anybody see this? We're going to move on to the rest of the team in just a second. But does any does anybody recognize or see this? This is Dana White and his gaslighting at its finest. Had these screenshots not seen the light of day, we'd all be believing Dana White's gaslighting. He's a habitual gaslighter. He's continually gaslighting. Not only that, continually breaking the man stroke woman code. So I mean, gee, moving on to you. I mean, am I am I on the on the right page when I say, you know, Dana is definitely way out of order here than Connor. Um, I yeah, I do think Dana's way out of order because, like, again, he's contradicting himself and being somewhat of a hypocrite because he he will post screenshots, smoke signals, lie on your ass if he needs to promote a fighter or, or, or get whatever he needs about his employees. But I think what happened yeah. Mike, is that he's the president. He's the boss. He believes in a different dynamic kind of works for him to him. Even though Dana does that shit, he's in charge. You don't do that to me. That's what that was about. You know, it's a power thing. It's a dynamic. It's, it's a, it's a power struggle. Dana can do that, but he's also the president of this company and he feels as if Connor should not have done that to him. So that's why. I but how about keeping, okay. How about keeping his hand in and, um, keeping his tools sharpened by 
calling for Diego oh, the, uh, a I, legend I think in that's the sport. Absolutely disgusting. I think um, <laughs> I think that um, I'm going to call it what it is. I think Connor's in some mm. serious damage control. Okay, Connor just went to the beach and allegedly took his penis out and got in a little bit of trouble and exposed himself. So what now? Connor now needs to fight somebody. Connor now needs to donate to a charity. Y'all don't see the smoke. Like y'all don't see what's going on here. So if you if he fights Diego Sanchez right after he does something like that, like get arrested or whatever happened with him, we can stop talking about him and his behavior in France and we can talk about him destroying Diego Sanchez in a similar fashion that he did with Cowboy. Mm. Or now he fights Manny. And then now, um, today, it seems like the UFC is going to snag that charity fight from him and Dustin Poirier and just make it a fight in the UFC. And I'm sure... Connor will take full advantage of donating to Con- to Dustin's charity because now we need to fix his image. This is damage control. That's all it is. He needs to fight somebody fast and soon so we get to stop talking about all the trouble he gets in outside of um, fighting. That's all it is. Kairos? <laughs> uh, first of all, <laughs> the fact go. this man called out Diego Sanchez out of everybody. <laughs> Diego and everyone's like, dude, let Diego hope. I remember leading up to the fight, Diego's like, I want Conor McGregor to be the last fight on my contract so I can go out in a blaze. I think I earned that fight. Diego, you ain't earned shit. You did not right, earn that fight. Right. You're going to earn someone who's ranked in the top three in the world at 155 and you're fighting at 170. You ain't earned shit, first of all. Right. Second of all, Conor, you, I'm all, I don't know what's more embarrassing challenging Diego Sanchez or D- Jake Matthews, but I'm not going to even go down that path. What I don't understand, though, is how people continue to allow Connor to just take attention away from people who actually are competing. Mm-hmm. I don't care yeah. that you want to fight Dustin. I don't care that you want to fight Manny. I don't care that you want to rematch Habib or Floyd. You have not fought since Cowboy. Thank you. You are probably not going to fight until it's beneficial for you to get a title shot. You're probably going to pull a Dominic Cruz and sit out and wait for all the challengers to get wiped out. So then it's back to you, round robin well, again. Might like, wait for this fans. man isn't. Isn't there talk of him not wanting to fight with no fans? Like it's almost like a waste of like his mm. star power. Isn't there talk? Oh of well, because the UFC, like their their last couple gates, I, I believe, are, are like they generate around the revenue total revenues around 18 million mm-hmm. when, Connor, when Connor fights. And I mean, during this time, like you need that type of, of exactly. cheddar. Exactly. I think we're pushing to the point, though, where the events might be public again. Because if we're having sporting events outdoors and for college football, you mean to tell me the UFC can't rent a 65,000-seater stadium and just space people out? You don't ain't got 65,000 people coming in to see. Well, they'll see Connor, but I just, yeah. like, you can, I have a feeling in the near future, we're going to have events open to the public That's again, no matter soon. how yeah. little yeah, yeah, the logistics are going to open up, which is probably why they're talking about this. But I just, I'm so sick and tired of whenever Connor talks, you guys listen. It, no one can ever have their moment to shine. He always has to be the loudest fucking voice. It's the most like, I'm not going to say the term I was going to say, but it's just the most like petty stuff ever. Like someone retires, then Connor McGregor comes like, I'm ready to fight again. Mm-hmm. Someone just achieved an accomplishment in yeah. UFC goal. Oh, guys, don't you remember when I knocked he out someone? It's like, bro, <laughs> shut the fuck up. He yeah, well, he did. Bro, sh- it was like with his retirement announcement. He literally announced that after Amanda Nunes got done dealing with Felicia yep. Spencer. Yeah, and ironically now he's beefing with Dana Wood around the same time as he had this glorious night of defending his title and in the middle of like, yeah. this controversy. And then John Jones came out and started squatting. 
to show people he was, you know, like squatting <laughs> yeah. because Izzy, you know, won, you know, defended his belt. And also, too, I think the um, Kairos, that no fans thing, I think it holds true. I'm looking at something now. Connor wants to fight Dustin December 12th in Dublin. You know, mm. so they they are they want to work on no fans, I'm sure. And then isn't Ireland, I'm not sure if they're in the second lockdown or if the numbers are going down, but you can see where my mind is going with this. They're probably going to try to pull this yep. off. Yes, yeah. well, saying. I'd be surprised because you're right. They, they have gone into a second lockdown. Yeah. So I, I'd be very surprised if that actually goes ahead. Plus, I, I feel as though, you know, Dana White's going to piss in the tent. He's not going to see this happen. No way. This is a fight that's going to be robbed from the UFC. Ain't yeah, going to happen. Exactly. What, what will happen is they'll book the fight and then there'll be like a percentage of the gates or the revenues that will go to the Good Fight Foundation and other charitable yes, things. And fa- fa- fans will be able to donate yes. percentages and stuff. That's what it will be. Right. That's what will happen. Exactly. Percent- yeah, definitely a percentage of the pay-per-view sales, 100%. Yep. That's, that's what will happen. And I think that's needed right now for where Conor is right now. I think a part of the reason he's interrupting fighters, I think he always interrupts fighters when they're in their heyday or like when they have a really good night like Izzy. But I also think the stress of also like getting in trouble outside of fighting is why we're seeing this huge push. Manny Pacquiao, Diego Sanchez, yada, yada, yada. You know, I think he really wants us to concentrate on his fighting skills for right now. You know? Yeah. You know, just before we go. Damn thing. Mm-hmm. I how, did you guys did you were you guys saying that you're okay with Connor releasing those DMs? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's okay with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm not with Dana's gaslighting. I think it's tacky. I think even though I think it's wrong that Dana does it, I still think it was tacky and yeah. wrong for Connor to do it too. You know what I'm saying? Like just because Dana doesn't doesn't mean I think it's okay that Connor did it back to him. I think it's tacky. If someone's shitting over me publicly, I've got a right of recourse. If my only right of recourse is to tell the truth through showing pictures of your statements which contradict what you're telling everybody else, damn, I'm doing that. Yeah, but it, yeah. But Connor's being yeah. a dick, though. Like, Connor's also angling to get what he wants. Connor also wants attention at Dana's expense of putting... It's not just, oh, he's beefing with Dana. He literally needs us to talk about him right now. It's really important, so he put mm. that online. You know, like, also think about the angle in which he's doing it, too. It's not just, wait a minute, Dana's lying on me. I want more money. It's not one of those. It's, he's being a little shithead, too. Uh, so, with you, it's, it's more to do with the timing, pretty much. Yeah, like, look at, the, look at the timing of when he released Dana's text messages. You know, you're the one mm-hmm. getting in trouble, not Dana. Like, you're the one that needs him right now, and you're not getting your way, so you post these these messages and on top of it you need us to talk about you so he dropped those messages i thought that was kind of corny you know yeah and and he obviously scrolled far back in the dms because yes. that was february yeah. that was yeah he must it must be strategically planned you know yep and it worked we all got to like oh diego sanchez nobody was talking about the incident in, in france anymore nobody was talking about you know manny but like we, we instantly started talking about his fight career it's a it's brilliant it's very it's it's a good move. Yeah. But tacky, what, what what's but everyone what's everyone thoughts on uh on the Pac-Man situation? Like I mean, as soon as I saw it, I've Ugh, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, fool me once. You you, you all know the saying, right? I ain't even going to mm, say it. That, yeah. Like that, that like yeah. don't get me wrong, like I mean, I'd watch it, yes, but I mean, I'm not going to really invest myself and get that excited for it. You know, mm. and not to mention 
of as I said, I'm a fan of Connor's fighting style and what have you. Obviously, when he fought Floyd, Floyd let him do bits to him or whatever, but he did have some success of his own right. But Manny would hurt him. Manny wouldn't wouldn't carry him for ten rounds. That that we all know. <laughs> Manny would leave him like Ricky Hatton when uh, when they fought. I can't remember, remember how many years ago. It might be, it might have been about 2012 or yeah, 2011, 2012. And I vividly remember that fight because Ricky Hatton was twitching on the canvas and his girlfriend slash wife, she was screaming. You could hear her mm-hmm. screaming at how badly he got knocked out. So, I mean, unless the UFC want to want that to happen, uh, I mean, don't book that fight. Oh, yeah, I think it's a career, I think it's a career no-no. I think same thing. I think mm. Manny mops him with the floor. I just, but Jasanga, do you, you don't think Manny would do what Floyd did, which was like play with him until he was ready to the fight to be over? You think Manny would come out there and just chop him up? Uh, okay, okay, maybe, all right, maybe for like two or three rounds or what have you, but then, like, I mean, then he'd, then he'd go for it, and then it, yeah. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, well, actually, I was about to say, I, I don't know if it'd be a stone-cold knockout, because obviously Connor's never been, like, stopped like that or what have you, but, I mean... In fact, I say that, but Ricky Hatton had never been stopped and hurt like that when when uh, Pacquiao put him down with one punch. So, yeah, it's it's not gonna happen anyway. So I, I, I say this, and then it will get announced or what, what, what have you. So you don't, you guys happen, don't think it'll happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. No. I think it's all as you said. It was all for him to um, get his Damn name. His limitation. Yeah, get his name back out there. Have people talking about yeah. his fighting, his his actions, um, or potential actions in in the octagon or in the boxing ring. So I, I mean, he's he's a lot of people don't give him credit, but he's very smart and he's very strategic with things that he does and this timing of his social media posts and what what have you. So, but again, that fight's not happening. And if it does, I mean. I'll I'll do I'll, I was about to say I'll I'll try to do seventy five push ups in a row. It ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna fail, but <laughs> this is that's how confident I am this fight is not gonna happen. Speaking of fights not happening, Paul Daly versus Derek Anderson is no longer happening on Bellator two four seven. The headliner has been pulled as Paul Daly sustained um complications during a weight cut. Now, before all of this I'd spoken to Paul earlier on in the week and uh, he had quite a lot to say not just about Derek Anderson but about Black Lives Matter about the recent antics of Colby Covington let's listen you know when me and you talk it's not all about the fighting I'm quite intrigued about your take on the whole Black Lives Matter um, which is sweeping the nation in in, indeed the world I just wonder what your take was on it and whether you'd been out and attended any protests I haven't, I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't taken part in any protests. Um, I've got two very different views on the subject. My, my strongest, obviously, is it's a it's a worthwhile political movement. Yeah. That you know things is, things are being raised and things are being addressed that have sort of become too too accepted. You know, whereby we don't even look at it as black people mm. and the white people don't even look at it because they're so used to doing and saying and. It, Right, having things turn out in their way. So I think in a sense of that, the movement there and saying like enough's enough, you know, we're not blind to it anymore. We have to address it. That's all powerful, 100% behind it. But then 
Mm. Being a conspiracy theorist that I am, yeah, I, I look back and I look back and I look behind it and I watch programs and I see we just have to be very careful as a, as a culture that we know who is in control of the movement. Do you know what I mean? You have to be very, very, you have to be very wise and think deep and think you got to look deep, deep into who may benefit, into where the information is coming from and as to what networks are coming out. You do your research mm. because some of it, most of it, 90, 100% of it, it needs to be addressed and the people that are doing it correctly and we're moving forward correctly and it's already opened everybody's eyes. That's what it's there for. But, you know, you just got to, you got to be careful, man. And I look deep into politics and all these situations and all these companies, especially now you've got social media, media people directing algorithms and all of this kind of business and video editing and blah, blah, blah. And you got to be very careful because we, we we may we might be riding the back of the very people that we are we are trying to bring, make aware right. of, of what what they're doing. So you got to be careful. I mean, it's interesting you're talking about movements and in terms of like social awareness. Obviously, one of the biggest um, social issues right now is COVID. How has that actually affected your business? Because obviously, you've been a, a business owner that might have ramifications yeah. for you. Uh. You know what? Obviously, the class sizes we're open now, but the class sizes have been reduced. I've I've retained a lot of members. Um, a lot of people have been paying throughout. Um, but you know, again, I I went into the biz. I went into the business. It's not, although it has benefits to me financially. It's not. It's not the be all and end all. I do it because I love the sport. I do it because I want my own place to train rather than bouncing around to. 50 different gyms when I don't have to and I want to be able to share my knowledge with people and some people genuinely don't believe that they think even some members I think I'm all about trying to make money but believe me if you saw the books mm. it's not about the money for me um, it's about the sports so luckily like I said although I've had to shut the business for a little while we've retained a lot of members we're back open we're doing classes at reduced numbers but fortunately enough I, I'm, I'm smart enough to have other taps running as my, my wise coach made sure uh, Rupert Smiley made sure I had those taps running at all times. So when one gets switched off, I still got still got that flow. Nice, I mean. nice. Speaking of flow, you um, the last time we spoke, this was when you were thirty six, Mister Daly. You said that yeah. you're going to be hanging them up. About retirement, I know where you're going. <laughs> I know where you're going. I've already had this already. Yeah, I would have thought but, as much. I mean, has COVID put those plans on hold, or is it a fact? Look. I'm contractually bound. I've got to see through my contract. No, I'm not that I'm contractually bound. If I'm retired, I'm retired. If I'm not fighting, I'm not fighting. If I wanted to stop, I can stop at any time. But, right. Um, yeah, I was supposed to step away from the sport, but timing, didn't get the fights in that I wanted to get within the time frame. Mm. Um, and then obviously this hit. Maybe, maybe had this not happened, I would have been in on fight three of the contract, maybe at the end of the year. And this conversation, I could have said, you know what, I'm, maybe I'll never officially announce I'm retired, but you might not see me fight for a while. Um, because I, I don't want the intention of saying I am retired and labeling it as that. Because as we see time and time again, when if you've, you've built a big enough name for yourself and then, you know, you've got a wealthy fan who was 12 when he was his idol and now is a billionaire and he wants to see you fight in his back garden <laughs> and he offers you some money even yeah. if you fight. So, uh, I won't say I haven't retired ever, but, you know, I'll, I'll, there'll be a point where I stop fighting uh, a 
competitive level. Okay, and final question. I'm intrigued by your take on this. Uh, A welterweight, obviously well known to you, has been very verbose in the, well, past few weeks. Now, I know when I met you 10 years ago, you were of the same kind of like mindset in that you talked your mind and you were very, very um, clear about you know, how people should actually respect you and what you thought of people and you let them know. Now, is there a line that Colby Covington has now basically crossed in bringing, you know, statements that he has actually brought to the media's attention, things around, um, I think that the the comment that is really the stickler right here is um, where he made reference to um, Kamaru Usman um, not receiving or he made reference to Kamara Usman receiving um, a smoke signal from his tribe. Now, is, is that crossing the line for you? You are well-seasoned in shit-talking. Is that crossing the line? It's obviously crossing the line, and he knows what he's doing. But making reference like that, like you say, an old version of myself, especially if we're in the same room, then you know what it would have been. And I think at some stage... So we need to get that experience to let him know that for some people this year isn't a game. And, and the way we've come up is has been real from fire, not on the wrestling mats. It's come up out there, involved, you know what I mean? So uh, maybe he, maybe he needs he needs that experience and that will humble him. And I hope someone gives it to him. Uh, because, yeah, he, he does his part in building up the fight, but at some point, so if he pushes the wrong button and is in the room with the wrong people, then he needs to be addressed correctly. So when you say addressed correctly, I mean, round here, um, where I'm from, people get slapped for that. Yeah, man, you need to get him all boss up. <laughs> you have to get him boss up. <laughs> no, seriously. No, it is what it is. He'll get, he'll, he'll get his... He'll get his... It will come to him. Everything, everything what happened in due time for him. I think he's he's riding he's riding his association and affiliations a little bit too hard mm-hmm. and playing the political card a little bit too hard. Whereas like you say, he is crossing certain lines and some people um less more, you know you know, I've kind of smooth smoother edges out a little bit to my, my character and the way I deal yeah. with situations but there are still some sharp edges out there and he might just get himself in some trouble. Um, it is a shame that, you know, Paul is no longer on the card. I was really looking forward to seeing him getting back to, um, well, knockout ways. And uh, I thought Derek Anderson was definitely the person with which to do that with. But also, I like the way in which um, he mapped out um, the end of his career. Well, the end of his career with Bellator, at least on his current contract he had after this fight, if it had actually gone ahead. Uh, he had two more fights left. And, you know, angling for an MVP matchup, um, I think, made sense. Um, we didn't see the full potential and the full venom, excuse the pun, in the first fight. But also, um, he would be worthy of a title fight. But speaking of um, action and speaking of this weekend's action, um, Chisanga, I do believe you've got a premiere interview lined up. Yes, people, I do have a premiere interview uh, this week, in fact, it, well, I'm trying to think. Of, I've even lost track of my days now. That's I'm getting old, people losing track of time and losing losing track of days. But I spoke to the inaugural UFC Women's Featherweight Champion, the Iron Lady, the Utrecht Killer, 
Jermaine Durandamy, and I was actually blown away by uh, by by Jermaine and how uh, how she spoke about her career and some of the disrespect that she felt that has uh, been perpetuated by the UFC. So. Have a listen to uh, what Jermaine says and let us know what you think. Um, as is customary now, given the times that we're uh, that we're in, uh, how how have your last few months been? Because obviously this uh, whole COVID thing has affected people differently, in particular fighters. How have the last few months for you been? It's been very challenging, of course, but you know I I have not sit down and as, as many of you guys know, I'm a police officer, so. Uh, my job kept going and I still had to work every day, but it had been challenging, you know, at times because you don't want to expose your loved ones and your training partners, your trainers, or anybody in that, in, in that matter, you know, to a virus like this. But I, I've said it before, you know, and we work together very well and we all had our minds straight, you know, we want to help people and we want to do the business that we can. And, uh, and that's what we did. We worked very well together and uh, made the best out of it. And obviously, yeah, it's it's well documented that you're that you're a police officer as well. But once this uh, this virus hit, was there any was there any hesitation or worry about you uh, from yourself about going out and interacting with people and, and policing people? Obviously, because obviously you have to do that in close quarters. Well, not not being a police officer, absolutely not. That's my job. Mm-hmm. I love helping people, and and it's my job. I dedicated myself to being a police officer, so you know that's part of the deal. I mean. And sometimes you got to save somebody's life if you can. And, you know, the virus is the last thing, you know, you think about and when you have to help somebody, you know. So, but at the same time, yeah, it was challenging, you know, because, you know, sometimes people say I might have COVID or I might have been exposed. Uh, and then you go home, you know, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. then home, there are my loved ones and I don't want to infect them with a virus. So, there were a lot of times when I was by myself because I couldn't be with my friends or, or family or loved ones because I just didn't want to affect them. I did a lot of COVID tests, you know, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> during these times. But uh, luckily, you know, I, I got, I stayed, you know, COVID free and, you know, we managed to get through. You know, like I said, you know, you just don't want to infect anybody. Mm-hmm. But not doing my job is not who I am. I kept doing my job and, you know, that was the most important thing, you know, to help people there where we can. And, you know, we have to stick by those rules. You know, everybody's going through everybody, you know, all the people, the nurses, the doctors, you know, military, police officers, just every, the public, you know, we all go through a hard time, you know, and if we all stick together, I think together we're stronger. An individual is not as strong as a group. And I think together we're stronger. And uh, I think if we stay strong together, even in times like these and, you know, unknown times like these, we can, you know, we can beat this virus. Mm-hmm. And you said that you've had a, a lot of COVID tests. The tests are continuing because obviously to uh, to fight this weekend, you have to, well, you will, you, you have to have more tests. So you must be used to them now. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it. Well, you never get used to it, somebody sticking a stick in your throat or a nose, but it's never fun. But you know it's part of the deal, and uh, I'm I'm just very happy that the UFC takes it that serious, and and that the people here in uh, Abu Dhabi, you know, give us the opportunity to do what we love to do, and and still entertain the people, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on to the fight, we're a few days away from your UFC on ESPN 16 clash with uh, Juliana Pena. Now you touched on the uh, the issues there with training partners and what have you with COVID. 
how have your preparations for this fight been? Like I said, you know, it's been it's been a challenging time at moments, and not always. You know, uh, you know, there were times, you know, that I had to train by myself because I didn't want to expose expose my coaches, and sometimes my coaches were out of out of time. You know, but we kept our cir- circle very small. Mm-hmm. Everybody got tested, you know, a couple times just to make sure nobody's infected, and we all stayed safe. And uh, as long as you keep it small. And, uh, you know, you just be very careful and we take care of each other. You know, we manage to get through it. I feel good. I feel ready. So, you know, the talk is over almost. That's good. And I, I was about to ask you a question that I've been asking every, every fighter. Um, I was going to ask you, did you have any hesitation in taking this fight in this climate? But obviously, given the fact that you're a police officer and you're on the front lines dealing with people, some people might even have COVID. That obviously wasn't even a, a hesitation. There wasn't a hesitation whatsoever. Well, the, the the most important thing for me was if it's if it's absolutely safe to travel, mm-hmm. and I I'm not gonna expose any so the people surrounding me or anybody else more. I want to fight. You know, I'm not putting any, uh, my loved ones or anybody in danger by me doing a hobby. I didn't want to do that. So it was safe to go, and then when it's safe to go, I, I was here. I was fully committed and ready to go. But, you know, safety at this moment and this time is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to I wanted to ask you your thoughts on uh, Juliana's last outing against Nico Montagna. Uh, I think that was in July 2019. What did you make of her performance that night? Obviously, it was on the same uh, card that you fought. And I'm not sure if you, you saw it before you fought or whatever, but I'm sure you must have seen it now. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, have you not? My okay. have seen it. No, I never watch any videotapes of my opponent. You know, I, 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 I'm prepared to face the, the best Juliana Pena. And I, I'm, I believe, I'm a truly believer that she thinks that she saw the holes that I made with uh, the Amanda Nunes fight. She's mm-hmm. not here to fight me. She's here to not lose the fight, just like Amanda did. So, uh, you know, I've learned a lot from my last fight and... Uh, they say you're as good as your last fight. Well, I hope I'm a little bit better than my last fight. But I've trained to be better than my last fight. So, uh, you know, you can. if somebody goes out for almost a year and a half, and she hasn't almost fought a year and a half again, yeah. you know, you cannot go off uh, of her last fight. I expect the best Juliana Pena, Pena. And I hope she expects the most dangerous Jermaine because that's the one she will get. And you touched on it there. So obviously she hasn't fought in well over a year. And then prior to that as well, she hadn't fought since uh, I think it was 2017 in January. So she's had some extended breaks. Do you think that's detrimental, obviously, to a fighter? Like I know that these breaks obviously do do happen. Obviously, look at COVID. That's, that's affected everybody. But that can't be good going into like having such long breaks. Well, I don't know. It, it, it's all depends. It, it, I believe, honestly, it depends on you, how you look at the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the moment you just got to enjoy and enjoy what you're doing. And as long as you enjoy what you're doing, time is time is just time. You know, we're getting older and you just you just got to love what you do. You know, I believe, honestly, I believe there's a difference between her and me because I fought main events, title fights. You know, back to back. So mm-hmm. that there's the bit, there's the big difference, I, I believe. But still, you know, you cannot go off of that. You got to be prepared for the best fighter she can be. And I know she wants to make a statement. I'm the number one contender. So she knows she has to beat me if she wants to have a title shot. So, you know, I expect the best Juliana Pena. 
And one thing I wanted to circle back to that you raised, you raised there. You you brought up the 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 second Amanda Nunes fight um, l- last year. Um, you had success. In some you found some success in in that fight, but obviously it didn't go your way. With the benefit of hindsight, how would you reflect on it? And as you said there, what did you learn from that fight? You know, I've learned so many things. You know, you learn some. You, I mean, you you win some, you lose some. You know, I lost the fight, but I also won a lot. You know, I learned a lot about myself and the mistakes I made during that fight. But at the same time, I exposed Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. You know, I exposed her. I exposed her holes. I am the only fighter that put her in danger these last couple of years. She's been so dominant. I was close to knocking her out, and that was my mistake. I wanted to knock her out. She came not to lose this, uh, not to lose the fight. I came to make it a fight, you know, and that's what I will always do. And that's what I will do Saturday. You know, I'm done with all the bullshit talking. The UFC never gave me the respect I believe, honestly, I deserve for 21 years of fighting, being Mm -hmm. an undefeated uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing champion in three different weight classes. You know, I'm here to make a statement, a statement for myself. I might lose the fight because I'm going to take a risk Saturday, you know, and I don't care. I just love doing what I do, and I'm here to finish this fight, nothing less. And I have the utmost respect for Juliana Pena. She's a great athlete. She did some great great work. Absolutely, she's dangerous, but I'm here to finish her. Nothing less, nothing more. And you, you, you talk about making a statement, obviously. Um, obviously, that's at the forefront of your mind because I, I know for a fact, I can tell by the conviction in your voice that you want a third crack at Amanda because, as as you said, you had major success and you're nobody's put her in that type of trouble for a very, very long time. Uh, well, I don't believe the UFC's going to give me a third crack, but uh, if they do, I would love to, you know. And, and, and when I say a statement, I want to make a statement to myself. I'm okay. fighting for me. I'm not fighting for the UFC. I'm fighting for me. You know, I'm, I'm fighting because I love fighting. I honestly love it full heart. You know, so there's no doubt about it. And, Hell yeah, I would love to, to fight her again. You know, hell yeah. I'm still the number one contender. A lot of people forget that. I'm still the number one. You know? Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens Saturday. And, Let's see. And, and, After the fight, we'll talk. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, you touched <laughs> on your career there. Like, a lot of people don't realize how, just how long you've been, you've been in combat sports. I mean, you won the WIKBA World Championship what, in 2005, six and eight, I believe. And then obviously you became inaugural UFC women's uh, featherweight champion. I mean, you've pretty much had like the ideal career that any female or any fighter starting off in any combat sports would would want. How would you assess your career now that you're so far into it? To me, you know, I have a great, I had a great career so far, you know, and honestly, I've seen it all and I've been through it all. I've seen it all, you know, and, and no matter what people say, I'm still, you know, nobody took that 145 belt of me, no matter what, mm-hmm. nobody took it from me, you know, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I've seen it all. I've been through it all. And I just love fighting. I don't have to be here. I don't have to fight this Saturday. I don't fight because I get paid so much money from the UFC. Oh, no. I don't fight for money. I have a full-time job, which I love. You know, I'm starting a new gym together with my with one of my coaches. You know, so I don't have to be here. I am here because I love it. I honestly love it. I have nothing to prove to anybody anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I've seen it all. I fought a man. I knocked out a man who had 20, 40 pounds over me. 
You know, I have many knockouts on my record. I come to fight. I come to entertain people. I'm a real fighter. I don't lay and pray. I come to fight. I can be very entertaining. You know, the only goal I still have is I want to have 50 Gs. And I know Dana doesn't want to give them to me that much, but hey, <laughs> I want that 50 Gs. So to this Saturday, I'm going to give everything to get that 50 Gs. All right, Jermaine, on that note, we couldn't have ended the interview on a, on a better note. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. I hope you get 50 Gs for having a, a great fight and uh, good luck on Saturday. What did you guys make of uh, Jermaine saying that she felt that the UFC have uh, have disrespected her during her, well, ever since the, the whole Chris Cyborg situation? I like the honesty. I like the fact that fighters now are being really like straight down the line. This is my lived experience. This is what I'm going through. And um, hopefully that sort of like openness not only will embolden other fighters to do the same, but will lead to real change. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't for a second see, you know, Dana White changing overnight, but there does seem to be a slew of fights or slew of fighters talking about their experience and the experience of working with Dana White in particular. And... Um, fingers crossed you know mm-hmm. it will lead to some kind of like incremental change Kairos what are your thoughts I'm gonna be real um I like GDR I like her fighting style I don't I haven't looked into her personal life or anything so I don't know her as a person but that's one of the risks that you run when you take a stand for something and you actually hold true to it I like people think it's a game out here standing firm on something you believe in she said she wasn't gonna fight Cyborg she and she didn't well you got stripped and you gotta understand something Although she's not at 145 right now and Cyborg's not in the UFC and all these things, people people don't have short-term memory. They have long-term. They see what you did. And her image mm-hmm. to a lot of people is ruined forever, unfortunately. I'm going to be real, though. It doesn't matter because they can't deny her now. In this division, there's very few people who can stop her. So she's in a position where she controls her own destiny right now. I think that she's going to win this fight. I think she's going to win the next one, win the next one. She's going to get a title either way. So it's it's going to, Dana won't be able to deny her for much longer. But for now, he does have her under his thumb. And that's unfortunate for her. All right, just before we go on to uh, the, the Juliana Pena fight, um, G, what are your thoughts on Jermaine's treatment and the perception that fans have of Jermaine? I think I think when she made that decision to take a stand against Cyborg, it really hurt her career. Like as far as perception with the fans, I've seen some really terrible things, but I'm happy to say that I see fans warming up to her a little bit. There are some that are still stuck on that bullshit or whatever. They're still upset with her, and I understand though, because I'm one of those people that's met. I was upset with her, not for the reason why. I understand why she didn't want to fight her, but I just simply wanted to see her fight Chris Cyborg. I think she's the, one of the best strikers in the division and kind of could mm-hmm. have gave Chris a run for her money. So I was in my feelings as well. But I'm in a position to forgive her, and I want the fans to do the same too. And I agree with Kairos. Once she keeps winning, and I do think she wins her next fight, and she does it again and again, they will take her serious again because her striking is no joke. And if we can oh. get her ground game to just kind of just – up to par just a bit more man she's gonna be a problem for real oh and, and then we, we we talk about her striking let's not forget i mean in the amanda nunez fight uh, which is almost a year ago it was de- in december she gave amanda some some tr- troubles and as she rightfully said in an interview that she felt that she's exposed some holes in amanda and i mean i know amanda it, it's two it's two nil in the series between them but 
I know, and, and I know Jermaine isn't foreseeing a trilogy fight happening, but I'd like to see it. Me too. Me too. Because those are the two um, fighters that go back to the drawing board and address those holes that we're discussing, and it's still competitive. Because exactly. they're such high-level fighters and high-level strikers. I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. We shall see. We'll see. And what what's everyone's thoughts on the matchup with Juliana Pena? Like, I'm... Like, I believe... Who did Juliana beat last? Oh, she beat um, the, inaugural, the, the, the inaugural flyweight champion who, uh, who, uh, is, <laughs> who has di- disappeared, let's, let, let, let's, say, let, let's say that. But, yeah, she beat Nico Montano last. And I think that was, that was last July. And then prior to that, she hadn't for... And I think... I, I want to say almost two years. I think it was 2017 or... Or it was, or no, it was early 2017. So just like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like I'm concerned about these layoffs for Juliana Pena. Like, and, and and I mean, especially going into a fight with a world, I mean, top of the food chain striker mm-hmm. like Jermaine Durandamy. So yeah, she I'm, I'm concerned. She, she doesn't fight often. I'm, you're correct, Jasanga. I'm looking at her record now. She um, she beat Katzenegano in 2016, lost to Valentina Shevchenko in 2017, and then beat Nico, you know, of all people, in July 2019. So you're right, Jasanga. Like, these layoffs and this on-and-off career. And I do believe she had a baby, too. So, okay, fair enough. Then I forgive yeah. her for that, obviously. But... Of course. But it's still a layoff, and it makes you wonder how she's going to respond when she comes back. And meanwhile, Jermaine just fought for a title and is currently working on her. I, I heard she works on her takedown defense a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, because mm-hmm. her striking is so good. And that's, you know, that's what, you know, that's the, one of the holes in her weakness. So I'd like to see where they're at right now, you know, when they meet each other. But I'm picking, and- I'm picking uh, GDR. Same here. And fun fact that a lot of you guys may not know, Jermaine Durandamy is also a full-time police officer. Yes. And she's been, yeah, she's been policing and doing, doing her job uh, throughout this entire COVID situation. And, wow. I mean, she's taken her, her code of honor, the uh, police, uh, I don't know what the, what, the, what the term is. I know the Hippocratic Oath is the, the doctor's version, but whatever oath you take as a police officer, she's... Uh, She's carrying it throughout this this tough COVID COVID times. So, I mean, more testament and more power to her. More testament yeah. to her. More power to her than that. Like I I didn't know that. And like the way that she spoke so candidly about uh, policing and feeling that well even and even talking about the how she was talking about fighting and how fighting for her is just a hobby and that she enjoys policing and helping other people. That really she really endeared herself to me. For anybody listening who actually wants to win some free booze, some free moonshine, some free shots fired liquor, head over to our page at Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review. We're going to pick one lucky winner. This is definitely going to happen this time at the end of October. So you've got more than enough time to head over there. But in the meantime, if you want to join us and further the discussions that we started today we've given you some hot topics feel free to contact me via twitter at mike tv and chisango where can people find you you can find me at chisango my underscore my latter <laughs> no it's chisango <laughs> it's chisango people you can find me at Chisanga underscore Malata on twitter angie of course you can find me at gspot mma and the youngest in charge. You can find me at Darren Stewart MMA. What? <laughs> <laughs>
Kairos MMA. <laughs> okay, well, we've got an incredible weekend of fights, and uh, I really hope you all enjoy it and join us next week for another round of Shots Fired. <laughs> Separate the weak from the opposite Leap hard to creep the Brooklyn street It's on again, stop all that bickering beat Beat